One year ago, he hated his career at a tech firm so much that the Sunday scaries had started on Saturday. He dreaded Mondays in the job that was sucking the life out of him. Every weekend, he'd squeeze in photography sessions, dreaming of what life as a career photographer would look like, but the math didn't make sense. At 300 to 500 bucks per session, he couldn't cover the mortgage. Now, a year later, Darren Elias is crushing it as a career photographer who has replaced his income from that full-time job he hated, and he's gone all in on boutique. Here's his story. So the real question is, how are portrait photographers like us able to run a profitable business and still put our families first without selling digital files for cheap and working all the time? I'm Sarah Petty, your host of the Worth Every Penny Joycast, and I went from a stressed out, overworked mama with three babies to being named one of America's most profitable photographers without working my kids' lives away. Each week, I'll show you how to find and serve boutique portrait photography clients in a world where we compete with free thanks to everyone having a digital camera in their pocket. Take the first step to adding more joy and profit to your life by downloading your free photography business tools at joyofmarketing.com forward slash podcast. Darren, I am so, so, so excited that everybody gets to hear from you today. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. It's so interesting because we kind of call it golden handcuffs. Have you ever heard that expression? It's sort of like you're handcuffed to a job that you, maybe you like it, maybe you don't, but it's got money and vacation and benefits. And it's like, then there's this other fun thing that I love, but like yeah, that can't pay the bills. So share where you were when you had kind of that golden handcuff. Like, did you love it? Did you kind of love it? Or were you just like, oh, I hate it. Sure. I, mean, I graduated college. I had a degree in English and originally I wanted to be a teacher. Did not end up going on to grad school for a host of reasons that I won't go into here and found myself landing in the corporate world. As, a, as an analyst, as a CRM analyst, which is about as exciting as it sounds. Um, <laughs> it's cubicle-based life, you know, corporate life, got a paycheck every two weeks, wasn't bad, had benefits, it was okay. The handcuff was more like a, um, a cheap metal, not quite gold, but I, I get the analogy. <laughs> and at some point in there, I, you know, I was doing my thing, you know, going in every week and it was an okay job. It was a good company I worked for and I, I had no problem with them. But it never felt like what I wanted to be when I grew up, never felt like what I wanted to do. And I just kind of kept rolling along in my comfort zone and comfort zone will kill you. You will be, you know, someday retiring from a comfort zone, never having done the things you wanted to do. I went back to school, picked up a second degree in graphic design, and somehow that tweaked my interest in digital photography. Digital photography was just becoming a thing then. My first digital camera was a Sony Cybershot, a little, you know, handheld model. And, um, you know, it was fun. It was neat. Take pictures and go right into Photoshop, not have to scan stuff. And then a few years later, um, affordable digital SLRs came out. And I grafted onto the technology of it. Because I, I grew up with photography in my household. My mother was, you know, she was an amateur photographer. And we always had cameras around. And, and I kind of hopped on that bandwagon with the digital SLRs. And next thing you know, 
um, friends ask me, hey, can you take our engagement picture? And they, you know, my payment was they bought me lunch. Uh, great paying gig. And then, you know, a portrait shoot here and a portrait shoot there. And then someone says, hey, can you shoot my friend's wedding? And so like, I hung up the phone. And back then it was a Motorola razor to date me. That's the technology <laughs> of the time. And the phone rang again. And it's like, Darren, calm down. You have, um, you have a year and a half before this wedding. And I'm like, okay, sure. So what did I do? I bought a second camera because I knew I had to have a second camera and I bought a better camera and I started reading everything I could about the whole business, about the photography and whatnot. More of the photography side of things and less about the business because the photography side, how to shoot, everybody wants to tell you that. They all have, you know, uh, I have like more books in my bookshelf than Barnes and Noble um, on how to shoot. I have a, one or two handful of or one or two good ones on, on how to make money. And then in that process, I came across a photographer named Joe McNally. Uh, he is a commercial photographer, portrait photographer, and he's just been shooting for years and he does amazing work. He uses a lot of off-camera flash. And I really gravitated towards his style of work in his first book called The, the Moment It Clicks. And for me, it was ironically The Moment It Clicks. I knew what I wanted to do. And meanwhile, you're, you're getting this fire lit and you have mm-hmm. a wife and a daughter. Well, not yet. Not yet. No, not no, yet. no. The family no. hasn't entered no. the picture. I'm, I'm still a single guy living on my own. And, oh, um, okay. And okay. Business. So then following the teachings of this guy and everything else I find on the internet, I, I kind of land into this side portrait gig with this, you know, my corporate job. That's okay. where, you know, so the weekend warrior shooting gigs here in the weekend, a few hundred bucks here, a few hundred dollars there it goes. Flash forward several years. I'm still in the comfort zone. Now I'm married. Now I have a daughter. And now that comfort zone job has been taken away from me. They, they send it overseas. And what do I do now? I landed in a, a, a short-term career that was, a friend got me into it and it, it could be very lucrative, but it wasn't me at all. And I knew I did not want to go back to comfort zone style job. You know, as I call it, cubicles and khakis. It just, I couldn't, 19 years of that, 19 years, I could not do another year of cubicles and khakis in a comfort zone. So I was trying something new. That's something new I hated. At that time, I came across the, the pain-free pricing challenge on Facebook that was, uh, I don't know, being run by some woman, you may have heard of her, Sarah Petty. And uh, <laughs> then that expired, that, that, you know, that was fun and whatnot, and Boutique Breakthrough came along. And finally, the first time in, in all these years, so at that point I was shooting in 13 years on the side, finally I sought a way to actually pay the bills with photography. Um, and it wasn't just for the money but it was also about being more successful in the shoot, in the dealing with clients, the whole thing from A to Z. I was that guy that, you know, I booked you via email because you reached out and I sent you this rambling email. It would be ultimately, okay, great. I'll meet you at this park. I'll be in this parking lot. I have the silver car. First time meeting the client, yeah. it's like, hi, how are you? I'm Darren. Yes. And that, oh. feel, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I what the wrong way to do things was that. But that's what I did for years. And then you taught me better. And um, that's where I am now. You know, I, I went through Boutique Breakthrough. I, I joined the, the Peak Performance Program. And it's a whole different world. Right? So it went from these, these shooting, I can't call them shoot and burn. They were shooting cheap. You know, my 8x10s were $25 or 30 bucks or something in that range. And it was digital based though. So I put my images online and people get back to me six months later. I'll take two eight by tens and two five by sevens and maybe eleven by fourteens. Like, 
Yay, I made $150 plus the session fee. Ooh. And that and five bucks so I can buy some ice cream kind of thing. It was it was pretty sad. But again, the boutique model changed all of it. I realized what I should be charging, how I should be serving, how I should be working with my clients, how I should be collaborating with my clients. And it just it it turns around 100%. At what point were you like, I could do this and I don't have to wear khakis or sit in a cubicle? <laughs> um, it was shortly after boutique breakthrough. Um, the new job was really getting under my skin um, in the worst ways. Again, I was, I was not the guy that you know now. I was broken. My soul was cracked. I was miserable and dark because the job was sucking the life out of me. And it's just because it wasn't a bad job. It's just, it wasn't me. It's like when you're put into a role that you don't belong in and you're asked to do things that are just against your grain, that's what it was for me. And it was killing me quicker than I imagined. I, I might be in a hospital right now if I still stayed there. I was so stressed out and miserable. So my wife and I had a little talk, came in one day after one more stressful thing happened to the job. I sat down in, in her office and uh, I told her what happened. She turned around in her chair and said, honey, quit your job. Go make photography work. I don't care if you need to stock shelves at night to make it work, figure it out and make it work. Now, we had just come out of Boutique Breakthrough. She saw me go through that and she saw what I was doing from that. So she had more of an inkling than I did that I could really, you know, make this go forward. So, um, you know, I met amazing people in Boutique Breakthrough and I stayed in touch with some of them on some level. And then um, Go Boutique Live that we just, just celebrated came around. And I went through that and saw a lot of friendly, smiling faces again and thought about it. And it's like, well, I might be able to move my needle so far on my own. You know, again, with my wife's blessing, we talked about it. Couldn't afford peak performers. It was, you know, it's not a small investment. And we said, no, I went to bed the night after GBL, kind of dejected. Woke up in the morning, having breakfast, Heather walks in the room, sits down, looks at me and says, I feel like I'm keeping someone from chasing their dream. Go do it. And I immediately ran downstairs and called Joy Marketing and enrolled. Ah, um, that gave me chills, which is hard to make an investment in yourself when you're like, right? You're looking yes. ahead at all the bills and all the pressure and all the responsibilities. But you, when you turn around and look behind you, you're like, that was terrible. That soul sucking job. Yes. Right. That, I can't so go it's to like again. exciting. Yeah. It's exciting and scary all, all at the same time. But I want everyone to hear the ending of this story because it's like, okay, that's scary where this guy was right here. He wasn't happy. So, okay, he he can now do what he loves and hope that he can make ends meet. Like, talk about this meet. last year. Like, this was a year ago. This was a year ago. So, a year ago, I was I joined Peak Performance and I was yanked into a small group. Um, I guess Shalisha said, he's coming to our group, period. And that was that. And Deborah, my small group leader, uh, Tenacious D in the Royal Sisterhood, love you girls. Um, she's like, okay, I guess we're taking Darren. I guess we were, the group was already too big. And they said, no, we're taking him no matter what. So I went in and I was welcomed open arms, open arms by this wonderful group of girls. To this day, we're family. So I'm in this group and they're talking about all these these projects are working on and rolling forward this and that. And I'm like trying to catch my breath because it's so much boutique breakthrough was like, you know, an inch long. And now I'm in the program. That's a mile. And, um, it was overwhelming, terrifying, scary. It's like, I, and I just paid how much for this you hold your breath, dump in or jump in and big splash. And off we went 
I had a client who I had photographed her high school senior son years ago, about three or four years ago. And now, now I was, she's contacting me to photograph her high school senior daughter. I should point out seniors are my, that's my um, favorite line of business. Um, and this is her only daughter out of three kids and her youngest. And she calls me and says, I want to hire you. I'm like, okay, you know, that's great. We need to sit down and talk because a lot has changed in the last three years. And she's like, okay, great. When do you, when do you want to talk? They were up in my house like a week later. I sat down, showed them pricing, showed them samples, did all the, the boutique steps, talked about it in and out. And at some point in there, you know, at this point, they're kind of talking about needing two sessions. And I'm talking about pricing more and more. I look at them and I look at the mom. I said, this is just a formality, isn't it? Like we're doing this. I said, oh yeah, we're hiring you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we're definitely hiring. Okay, great. Hire her. She hires me. We we take photographs of her daughter in her ballerina uniform on empty city streets and on rooftops and all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, when we sat down and did her in-person sales, it was a $4,400 sale. That was, you know, 11 times more than ever made in a, in a portrait sale before for a senior. Kind of fell over, walked down the hallway to my wife who was working in her office time and so, honey, it was $4,400. And she said, that's great. Go do it again. So I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, since then, I've done it again and again and again and again. Um, I've been blessed with amazing senior clients who latch on to my style and what I offer them and the service I deliver them because of what I've learned from you and from Peak Performance um, and the many great members here. And um, I ended up, having a goal last year that I just wanted to survive. I wanted to not lose the house. I was going from, you know, corporate income and interim income to passion income, not knowing how it would turn out. I didn't lose the house. I exceeded my goals. I exceeded my goals by about $20,000. And so it brought me in under a hundred my first year, which was still like, wow hearing people GBL talk these numbers, oh, 100,000, yay, 200K, yay, 300K. It's like, who are these people? These people are now my friends. I, I talk to them and I see how possible it is. And I'm walking that path. Um, we all kind of walk at our own speed, but I've left the corporate world and jobs I hate behind me. And I could never leave my careers and my future's hands or in the hands of somebody else. I can't work for somebody. I need to be my own boss and do my own thing because I've had decisions made for me by others and I can't do it anymore. So that's, that's where I'm at now is living that life. And I wake up happy every morning. There's no more Saturday morning scaries. I love that. Isn't that great? And Oh, that like gave me chills just thinking about that. And especially in this like crazy environment we live in with the pandemic, everyone telling us what we can and can't do. Doesn't that feel good? to know that you are in full control of your future, your schedule, your life, everything. Yeah, it, it feels great. I mean, it's terrifying. I don't have a steady paycheck. You know, I have to go make that paycheck, but I have the tools to do it. Um, and that's incredibly rewarding. When I know, hey, I want to get a new, I want to get a new camera, well, go out and grab a few gigs. And next thing you know, yeah. there's enough for a new camera or, you know, vacation, what, whatever it may be. Um, this year, my, my second year of peak performance is about building more, about having higher averages, uh, taking a lot that I learned last year and running faster with it, um, faster, harder, but working less. I realize the working less part will probably come a few years down the road. I still feel like I'm always working 
and never working because I love what I'm doing. Um, but, you know, one year into being full time as a photographer, it's OK if I feel like I'm always working. I think it's kind of natural and normal. I know that's not the long term effect of this. Uh, yeah, because I know that because I see it. I see it in you. You're running three businesses. Um, I see it in the people in our group who have their own very successful studios. I know they work hard, but they're not always working. They're going on great vacations and whatnot. So it's um, it's a huge and rewarding lifestyle change. And I, I just couldn't be happier that I'm here. I'm so happy to. Last question, your wife. I just, I hope to meet her one day and what a great support. Not everybody has the supportive spouse or partner, but is she just so proud of you and watching you bloom? Like here, she's been married to this person that she knew, but this person who is very unhappy in part of his life, right? That career part. And now she's married to a man because she supported him who is so happy. Does she feel the effects of that and love that? Absolutely. I want to back up, you know, 15 years or yeah, about 15 years we've been together. Heather and I started off as friends. We were hiking one day and there's a local park here called Ricketts Glen. There's waterfalls everywhere. And she knew I was into photography. So I took the camera and tripod with me and I'd sit there and set up, take pictures. I've hiked with friends before and they're like, hey, Darren, can we get a move on here? We've been here for 10 minutes. There's 20 more waterfalls to see. Heather pulled the towel out of her backpack, curled up, sat down and just took it all in and watched me. And she said, I love watching you do what you love to do. That was 15 years ago. Now we were married um, eight years ago. And to this day, she enjoys when she gets to assist me because she enjoys watching me do what I love to do. And she couldn't be happier for the man I've become, become finally chasing that passion. Because it feels good to put your best self into the world. Darren, thank you for coming here and sharing your story. Thank you. My pleasure. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Listening to Darren talking about going from corporate income to passion income. Darren oozes confidence, enthusiasm, and joy. And it makes me so happy to just watch his growth. What you may not know is Darren is actually a small group leader in my peak performance coaching program. Can you imagine meeting with a guy like Darren every week to keep you accountable to your goals, having him enthusiastically lifting you up every day in the Facebook group? Well, Darren is that guy. He does such an amazing job that our entire community voted him peak performer of the year. Makes me get weepy just a year after he joined this group. So I just couldn't be more proud. Thank you, Darren, for all you do to lift as you climb. Thank you. So proud of you. Hey, photographer, it's Sarah again with a quick question for you. Do you ever wonder why some photographers make $300 a session and others make $3,000? I know I did. So I dug deep into what's going on and I wrote a book for you called Worth Every Penny. You can get a free copy at joyofmarketing.com forward slash free book. Inside this book, you'll learn four ways to price your photography and why there's just one pricing strategy that attracts the best clients. What to do when you need clients and why paying for ads doesn't work and what to do instead that's way cheaper. The do's and don'ts of social media, what most photographers are doing wrong that lowers their profits and what to do instead. I'm not sure there's a book on the planet that more photographers have read. 23,124 photographers have it already, so I want you to have it too. 
Grab your copy of the hardcover book free here. Just pay a little for shipping and handling at joyofmarketing.com forward slash free book.